Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Welcome back to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. This is episode 575. I'm your host this week, Matt Price, with Ryan McDowell, with Ken Kelly back again. Dan is out on assignment once again. He's too busy having fun. I think maybe we can catch him later on ESPN for his softball tournament. Uh, Ryan, I think he's big timing us, so I hope we can hope we can turn it tune in and see his his championship run. Uh, you know, I mean, for him to miss the show, it better be something that impressive. <laughs> uh, I miss Dan. I want I want Dan to come back, but uh, you know, Ken's Ken's not so bad either. Ken's pretty good, uh, but we have to say, uh, Ken, before I get to you, we got to wish Ryan a happy birthday. He's uh, podcasting on his birthday weekend. He's doing all this SFV stuff for his birthday weekend. This man is committed. Ryan has turned 21. It's a big deal. He's 29. And everybody's again, very thought, excited yeah. about it. Yep. So, yeah. It, it, quite the warm welcome, too, Ryan. You know, it's like, oh, we really miss Dan. That Ken's all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's you cool. That's expect any good. less? Not really. Or any more? Actually, no, yeah, I, I certainly don't expect more. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into the show today. We are going to talk about some ADP followers. We're going to play a game because feels like it's that time of the off season. And Ken's got a fun segment for us. Um, I'm calling the hateful mock draft. So, but we are going to go to the startup. The startup. And we're going to talk about the Patriots' offense this this, this week. And. I don't know why it's a pretty boring offense, I guess. Like there's not a whole lot of players we really want from this offense, but I did see something on Twitter. I think it was a, a Roto world tweet or something that at plus two forty, ninety nine percent of bets are on new England to make the playoffs. And to me, that seems a little bit crazy because I feel like there's a lot of good teams in the AFC Ryan. And, uh, I don't know if I'd be on that side, I guess with the juice, it makes a little bit of sense, but uh, I'm not confident that they're going to make the playoffs. Are you? No, the, the juice, I mean, the juice is really the, uh, the, the deal breaker here or, or the reason that I think that is, uh, is, you know, the reality that 99% are betting on them to make the playoffs because, you know, just straight up, if you're, if we're trying to project the AFC playoff teams, I, I don't think that we, you know, at the very least, the Patriots wouldn't be high on our list. And then from a fantasy standpoint, from a dynasty standpoint, it just feels even more negative when, when you look at their roster and uh, you know, we really like Ramondre Stevenson and outside of that, there's lots of questions and lots of uh, honestly, just players that we're avoiding in general. Yeah. Ken, do you think, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of ma- a lot of stuff made of Bill O'Brien joining the team. You know, uh, the previous offensive coordinator was really not an offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien was a head coach in Houston, had a, ran a pretty good offense. And obviously prior to that, he was in New England as well. 
my question for you, like, is really like, you know, the talent on this team is, is clearly not up to snuff with the rest of the AFC contenders. Um, do you think Bill O'Brien really makes that much of a difference from the, uh, uh, this year compared to the, the uh, who was it last year? Joe Judge, not Joe Judge, the other guy. Matt Patricia. Remember. Patricia, that's the one who was never right, just, coached. Just think pencil in, in the ear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I don't because do you really look at this team and say, oh, Bill O'Brien's there, so he's in control? He's not in control. Bill Belichick is in control, and when Bill Bill Belichick has been in control, we have seen a fantasy wasteland of players over the last 10, 12, 14, 15 years outside of Tom Brady, Randy Moss, and a few others kind of scattered in. So I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Uh, should they be improved now that they have somebody with an offensive mind actually running the offense? They should be, but they still have issues. And you alluded to the big one. They just don't have a a giant stockpile of talent right now. So outside of Ramondre, from a fantasy perspective, I really don't see anybody who I really love on this team at all. Well, well, speaking of that, let's run down some of the players here in our June Superflex ADP. I know it's July. We're still collecting that ADP. I'm sure Ryan will, will have it have it soon. Um, but we have, of course, Ramadre Stevenson at 51 overall, running back 11. Mac Jones has fallen dramatically uh, down to 98 overall, quarterback 30. Juju, of course, at 125 overall, wide receiver 47. Mike Gusecki, 190, tight end 25. Bailey Zappi is actually the next guy ahead of uh, 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 some of the skill position players at quarterback 37. We got Tyquan Thornton way down at 235. Devontae Parker, Kayshawn Booty, Pierre Strong. Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry, excuse me. Um, interesting enough, is not even being drafted, Ryan. Uh, is there any player from this group that we can maybe mine some value of? Because you have to think if they do outperform expectations, which are very low right now outside of Mermondre, that some of these guys are going to increase in value next year. I have one in particular I'm thinking of, but actually two, but you tell me what you're thinking here. Is there any, is there anyone you're interested in? Yeah, there's two for me as well. Um, Mike Gusecki, I've never been necessarily a huge fan of the player, but uh, as we've seen the ADP tumble, uh, I, I think this is a situation where we could see him, uh, you know, have the best numbers of his career and, Again, as Ken kind of alluded to, we expect improvement from this Patriots offense in general, but a lot of these guys have have relatively low ceilings. So if Mac Jones is improving, if, um, you know, if the receivers are improving, does that ultimately matter that much? But, um, you know, Gasecki's one, still very young, uh, considering he's been in the league for several years as well. And then uh, second-year receiver Tyquan Thornton would be the other one that, that yep. I would be that interested in. for me, too. Yeah, those are the two for me, too. And Gasecki, I think people forget that, you know, he is extremely athletic. He just destroyed the combine uh, the season he came out. And, uh, you know, last year he just got kind of – kind of doghoused a little mm. bit by Mike Badanos. It just didn't really fit the offense that he wanted, but we've seen him be productive. In, in some regards, I think you can say that he might be, much like maybe Darren Waller in New York, he might be the top target in this offense. Um, so I think he has room to grow as well as Tyquan Thornton. Anybody else for you, Ken, that you see here that you might want to take a, a throw a dart at? How about Devontae Parker and his $15 million a year? Yeah, talk about a contract that kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. Uh, that just shows how desperate New England is to get back to relevancy. But uh, Parker, what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 575 <laughs> times, shame on me. That's just kind of where we're at with Parker. We know what we're going to get. We're going to get some spotty 
you know, dominant games. And then we're going to get a hamstring pull that puts him out for a month. So uh, Ramondre is the guy for me, but you look down the list, like, okay, Mac Jones, we've kind of seen maybe enough to know what he is. Juju, we've seen enough though. He's amazingly still like 16 years old. He's been in the league like 42 <laughs> years. He's like 16 years old. Uh, Gasicki, I can get on board with it a little bit, but do I think he's going to be anything more than a roster clogger? Not really. Yeah. Uh, Zappy. Okay. That's a shot in the dark. I mean, uh, Kayshawn, no Pierre strong. No, I, I think Thornton's really the, the guy from that list who has a runway that you could make a really good case for in terms of him improving on his value. But the rest of them are just kind of like veterans who we kind of know what we're going to get from. So it's, it really is like, and I've said this before, if Bill Belichick ran every single NFL team, fantasy football wouldn't exist because it would be so extraordinarily frustrating because historically it has just been week to week, month to month, year to year. You just never know who you can count on. Well, I think, I, I mean, obviously Ramondre Stevenson's the, the most important player on this roster from a dynasty standpoint. I've heard a lot of talk and, and been involved in some conversations recently that essentially we expect him to take a step back. Wasn't super efficient last year, did a lot of his damage just through volume with, with Damian Harris injured. Uh, he is rising up the ADP, as Matt mentioned earlier, he's uh, he's in the RB1 range right now. I think in our one quarterback ADPs, he's just outside of that range. Maybe he's RB13 or 14. Um, what are you guys thinking with, with Ramondre? It's easy to, I think, kind of fall for him right now. But I, I think there's a, a pretty telling case that uh, he he could be in for a step back in production this year. Well, well, I think the argument for that would be talking a little bit about Pierre Strong. Yeah. He's way down there, a 269 overall running back 84. I think he absolutely has a chance to gain value if they're going to, you know, do the Patriots thing and run multiple running backs out there, uh, right? And he's a very good pass catcher and very athletic in his own right. But I, I, I get what you're saying with Stevenson. Like, I think in a, like, you know, on paper, maybe not even on paper. I don't know what the term is I'm looking for here for, but maybe you, maybe he is being a little bit uh, drafted a little bit highly, at least amongst the other positions. But amongst the running back positions, I find it tough to argue with him at, even at running back 11. Like, I would, I think I would rather have him than Travis Etienne. I'd rather have him than Najee Harris. I'd rather have him than Josh Jacobs. So for me, he's still, at least when you look at just the running back position, he's still fine value wise for me i would agree for the most part but i just look at him and think okay typically when i add players to my roster i want them to have a runway to improve i don't know how much higher he can really get because there's there's risk there's risk there because we've probably seen the best of what we're going to get from him and i just don't see him you know cracking this upper echelon of of running back so i I think there's a little bit of a buyer beware tag on him. Um, I think a lot of his value is really baked into his ADP right now. So yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a, kind of a wasteland outside of him. I, I will ask you guys this though. When you look at that division, you know, you talk about what 99% of people are on the paths to make the playoffs. That seems like a little bit of historical bias to me. So Miami, New York, Buffalo, New England, where do they end? Like where do they end this season? Are they fourth? Are they third? I think they're fourth. I think they're fourth. And and like and to Ryan's point, I think the reason why ninety nine percent of the bets are because of that plus two forty, that little bit of juice you're getting there. But yeah, I think they're fourth in that division. Well, if they're fourth, then 
are they going to spend the season running the football? Probably not. They're going well, to be, tra- but- be trailing in some games. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just look at him and, and I think, are we just being fooled by one really good season and taking him over some players like, like ETN who have a, a bigger runway to get better? So I, I just think there's there's risk involved with him, and just like there would be with any Patriot player. It's just it's a complicated situation with New England. It always is, and I think it always will be as long as Belichick is there. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But Stevenson had, I mean, it, it, again, it's probably because of the lack of talent from last season. They're certainly better this year and healthier this year. But you know, he had had, had a stretch there of I think three or four games with a twenty percent target share. He's a big back at two hundred thirty pounds. He's athletic. Like he's going to get all of the high value you touches in terms of receptions and and goal line, uh, you know, kind of touchdown equity, unless Pierre Strong shows up and and ruins that 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 pass. I think if if he shows up and ruins that reception uh, share that Ramondre uh, that we think he's going to get, or at least I think he's going to get, then I think that's where we run into some problems. They'll probably just sign Dalvin Cook and we'll just redo the segment. <laughs> yeah, I still th- I still think it's weird that Hunter Henry's not being drafted. He was pretty yeah. good last year. Um, but uh, let's move on to our next session. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. All right. Uh, this is a Ryan McDowell special. It's called, we're going to be calling it Stop the Slide. Uh, he's given us some of the biggest offseason fallers from February to June in ADP. So we're going to pick a player each that we think can regain that value this season and one who will continue to lose value this season. So some of the biggest ones are at the top. Kayshawn Booty fell from 88 to 213. That seems, I mean, we thought at one point that Booty was going to be like a top four, top five consensus wide receiver in the class, and that clearly didn't happen. Bellinger, Tucker, Evans, all these guys. But getting down to the the veterans, Ryan, are, are some surprising names here. Yeah, well, I was actually honestly surprised to see rookies at, at the top of the list. Uh, y- yeah, you mentioned Booty there, uh, the biggest faller, 125 spots. But uh, of course, I mean, we're talking about from February until now, we're talking about rookie fever time. And even if uh, historically, even if a player does not get drafted as highly as as we expected, we don't see this type of fall. Uh, but we we see Booty at the top, Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, of course. Uh, both of those guys fell much further in the NFL draft than we thought. Uh, they both fell uh, right around a hundred spots in our ADP since February. But that, yeah, you're you're right there. After that, we get the veterans, Kareem Hunt, obviously still waiting for a team. He dropped seventy eight spots. Allen Robinson was a bust last year. Now traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He falls seventy one spots. And then we see some guys that I think were impacted by the NFL draft. Josh Palmer, Tyler Algier, who we talked a little bit about last week. Both of those guys have fallen uh, over five rounds of value. Kenneth Gainwell, Khalil Shakir, Mike Gusecki, who we mentioned earlier, Ezekiel Elliott, and Isaiah Spiller round out the list. Those are all of the players who have fallen at least 50 spots since February. Yeah, so Ken, why don't we start off with you here? Uh, who's a player that you think will regain value? Well, I have a pretty good idea where both Ryan and Matt are going to go with this one. Um, it, normally, when you take a look at a list like this, you go down the line and you think, okay, there's there's got to be one of these guys where it's not justifiable. This is a list where 
just about every one of these guys, you can make a case for why they've dropped. And some of these are are extreme. So I'm going to go kind of a little bit off the wall with this one. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson as a player who could regain some value. Reason being is he's gone from 182 all the way down to 253, which is borderline undrafted. Yeah. So 71 spots. Now, yeah. do I think that Pittsburgh is going to be the most dynamic offense? No. Do I think that Kenny Pickett is going to be a QB one this year? Don't think so. Do I have a little bit of faith in Mike Tomlin to get something out of receivers? Kind of. So you look at Robinson and think, okay, he's in a situation now where he should be healthy again. He's a veteran on a team that really needs one. And the Steelers are likely going to be in a situation where they need to throw the football because Najee Harris has just not been that impressive. So I think the days of of the Steelers winning these games six to three with this dominant defense are kind of in the past. So they're going to need to throw the football. And Robinson is a guy who now do I think that he's going to be a you know wide receiver two a weekly staple in a lineup? Probably not. But at two fifty three, I mean that's deep, really deep. So yeah, last, yeah, last he's pick in the draft, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I mean there isn't there isn't risk that's associated with taking him or trading for him. In fact, he's been dropped in a lot of leagues that I'm in. So I I think that there could be some, some value there. And again, I talk about runway all the time. There's a little bit of a runway here for Robinson to regain some value. He's not 37 years old. I think he's pushing 30. So I, I think that we've seen production in the past. We know that he has talent. We know that he has ability. And I think that this could be the fresh start that he really sorely needs. Yeah. And I mean, you can see him, I could, I mean, I, if I squint, I can see him being a productive big slot, you know, uh, well, and, he's if, been, and if well, something happens, go I ahead. mean, he's been a productive big slot. That's where, that's where he's had yeah. most of his success. And then the Rams tried to kick him out wide and that didn't go so well. Bad. Um, <laughs> it seems like he is going to get to go back into the slot, uh, for Pittsburgh. He is, he is, uh, you know, competing for that slot role um, with uh, the second year wide receiver that I'm blanking on his name right now. You guys, Calvin Austin. Thank you. Yeah. Calvin Austin. Um, So, you know, if he can, if he can win that starting job as, as the slot guy in Pittsburgh, then I could absolutely see him regaining some value. Um, Like Ken said, he's, he's not getting back to, uh, you know, wide receiver two range, wide receiver three range, but could he get back into the top 150 overall? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll give you guys a little bit of a quiz question here, Matt. Oh. So uh, name the last Steelers rusher that had at least 1,400 rushing yards. Willie Parker? <laughs> that seems Matt wrong. Price is correct. Is that right? Asked Willie Parker, FWP. <laughs> so again, I think that this is a team that we think about running the football all the time, but they really haven't in a long time. That was 2006. That's 16 years ago. 17, actually, if you can do math. <laughs> well, and Najee Harris is terrible, but, um, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I guess my, my question would be is if Robinson regains some form and is productive, maybe, I mean, I don't know if we're, we're going to say that he's going to be fantasy viable. Maybe he is, but even if he say ends the season with 600 yards, four or five touchdowns, like, does that take away anything from Pat Fryermuth, do you think? Because they, I think they are going to occupy a lot of the same area, similar areas of the field. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you tell me that A-Rob has a successful season this year, um, I, 
I think it would hurt Deontay Johnson the most, honestly, that would be okay. the first player that I would be concerned about. Um, but obviously it's going to, it's going to hurt all three of those guys there, um, including Friar Muth. Yeah. All right, Ryan, uh, give us your, your player here that is going to regain some value this season. Yeah. Kenneth Gainwell uh, drops from 124 overall to 185 overall. Um, I mean, I, I get the reasoning for the drop as Ken said, it, with most of these players, you at least understand why they would lose some value. The Eagles uh, bring in DeAndre Swift, uh, although Miles Sanders is gone. I, I don't know. I just see Kenneth Gainwell, and they also, you know, brought in Rashad Penny. I see Kenneth Gainwell as kind of the the stable piece of this Eagles backfield. I'm not confident that DeAndre Swift can uh, can both stay healthy and be consistently productive. And I would say the same thing for Rashad Penny. And I mean, Gainwell's always kind of been that, you know, gadgety is probably, uh, probably not, not the right word for what, what he's done for that offense. But, um, you know, let's say inconsistent uh, as far as his role, that's probably still going to be the case moving forward as far as limited touches or uh, sporadic touches. But I still think he can be, uh, at least as productive as, as he's been the past couple of years. And I just think the fall here over five rounds of value is way too much. Yeah, it's a lot. And he's somebody, especially in like underdog drafts is such an easy selection. And you know, like the last round, like, because of, because what you mentioned with the injury history of the two, uh, ahead of him. And also he has been the pass catching back. And we all, we're all just like assuming that, that DeAndre Swift is going to get in there and be the pass catching back. And maybe, maybe he will be, but we also know that the Eagles aren't throwing to their, their backs that much. Gainwell at 33, his rookie season, 23 receptions last year, his, his, his usage did come down. Um, but you know, they made their receiver core a heck of a lot better adding AJ Brown and uh, Devonte Smith, you know, emerging. So they, they just didn't need to really throw that much to the, to the running back. So I think he does mess up things for Swift uh, at a minimum. Um, I already talked about my my guy that I picked here, uh, Mike Gasicki, a little bit in the last section. I just think he's he's going to be a top one of the top targets on that team. So I'm going to kick us over to the players that are going to continue to lose value. And I put down Ezekiel Elliott down 52 spots since January, still unsigned. You know, does he does he uh, does he does he come back to Dallas and take a pay cut and, and play behind Kenny Pollard, uh, Kenny Pollard, Tony Pollard? Um, or, I mean, I just don't see a, a spot for him really uh, where he could, you know, be a super productive back. He's certainly not going to be a lead back anywhere at this point. Does he come in and be a touchdown vulture somewhere? I guess that's possible. But I think the ship has sailed on Zeke in terms of his value. I don't know. Um, I mean, again, he's lost 52 okay. spots, 170 overall. I do think there are some teams where he could at least see a role. Um, I don't see him going back to Dallas at all. I just don't think, you know, I think they've kind of moved on. I, I can't imagine Dallas bringing him back into that locker room and, uh, you know, bringing back whatever that committee might look like. So I, I don't think Dallas is even an option, but I, I do think he gets a job at some point. And, you know, honestly, he was pretty productive last year um, when uh, when he was on the field, especially considering that he was sharing the backfield with Pollard. Um, I'm I'm not that worried about Zeke. The guy I am super worried about is Kareem Hunt uh, because I don't think he ever plays in the NFL again. And that's kind of the, uh, 
clear cut case for me why I think he continues to lose value until he just isn't drafted at all anymore. Ken, any uh, comments on the last few players we've talked about? I don't think you got in there with Gainwell. If you had anything to add there, um, as no, well. I mean um, the only thing I would, I would add on on Gainwell is if if your dynasty success this season is predicated upon DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny staying healthy, you should probably take a pickleball or do something different. <laughs> Great, game. because it's likely not going to happen. Uh, as far as Elliot goes, I mean, I think. Yeah, you know, we saw this a lot, right? Like, feed me, feed me, feed me. I feel like he's been at the buffet for a long time, <laughs> like a really long time. And I, I guess to kind of go along that line, I think he's cooked. I, I, I do. I, it, you look at him, and it, he doesn't break tackles anymore. He's kind of a touchdown vulture. I, I could see him with a role somewhere, but is that role going to be, you know, as a as a player who is good enough to put in your flex spot i don't think so he's probably a best yeah, option at, at best so that's fair i i i get that and i i just think that you know he had a, a really good run and they really rode him i just think that he's he's probably done the guy i actually picked for a player to lose some value or continue to lose value is actually josh palmer i think that it, it's just it's tough to see a road for him back to relevance without an injury to somebody, whether that's Mike Williams or Keenan Allen or Quentin Johnston. Now, could it happen with any of those three? Sure. I mean, we've historically that Allen and, and Williams have not been the most healthy, but when you're looking at ADP between now and the start of the season, barring something really unforeseen, he's outside the top three and he had a pretty good season last year. He had close to 700 yeah. yards. If I recall, I mean, he, he looked like, a, a, yeah, it looked like a, a pretty good player, but you know, he's, he's been replaced and what's going to happen here over the next few months is we're going to start reading all these fluff pieces from LA about how Johnston has looked great in practice. And these guys always look good when, when nobody's guarding them. So it's going to take somebody getting hurt or Johnston really not emerging in the preseason to give him a shot. So I, I just don't see right now, I don't see a path for him to really gain any type of value. Now, do I think he still has some dynasty value? I do. You know, I think that, you know, he's, he's a player who at number 200, you know, is he going to spend his entire career in Los Angeles? Probably not. You know, he could be a guy who could kind of reemerge with a second life with another team at some point uh, going on. So I think Palmer's a tough one. You know, he does still have age on his side. Um, you, you look back just to November, you know, just uh, a few months ago, Josh Palmer was a top 100 dynasty player based on our ADP and he was wide receiver 51. Uh, now he, his ADP is exactly 200. So uh, lost uh, obviously a hundred spots since uh, basically the uh, middle of the, of the NFL season. And Ken, you said he really needs that injury to, uh, to produce. I mean, that's kind of been the story throughout his short career and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have have continued to accommodate him. And and I think they probably will, or you know, there's a good chance they do this year as well. And and there's also a good chance that at least one of those guys is gone from that Chargers roster uh come 2024. But all that said, this is still a guy that they uh that they have drafted over. And, you know, that's I think that tells us all we need. If they if they thought Josh Palmer could be as good as someone like Quentin Johnston. 
they wouldn't have drafted Quentin Johnston. They would just basically let Palmer be the replacement. And that's, that's not what they did. I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. I feel like they're forward thinking a little bit, both Allen and Mike Williams are, you know, they're, they're, they're not, they're not young. Killian Allen's already 31. Mike, Allen, uh, Mike Williams is 28. It'll be uh, almost 29 when the season starts. And the next season, looking at their contracts, Next year, uh, if they keep both of these guys, Keenan Allen will be due $18 million a season next year as his base salary. Mike Williams will be due $17 million in his thir- age 30 season next next year. So I, I do think he's Palmer is tough for this year. And just like you mentioned, uh, he has a catastrophic injury. But as a as a as a as a Herbert's wide receiver too, maybe in, in 2024, I, I still kind of like that. So uh, um, I, I think you're right that he's going to lose value this year, but I'll be looking to pick him up next offseason. Hey guys, let's play a game. All right, Ryan, do you want to play a game? Oh, I would love to. Can I play? <laughs> you just said, Ryan, could, Ryan, do you want to play? Is it just a game well, for Ryan? Like, should I leave the show? No, it's just you are going to be forced to to play the oh. game no matter what. Or Ryan Ryan can choose. So he said he said we can play though, Ken. So so we'll we'll do it. We're going to play a game. Uh, if you've ever listened to Dynasty Game Night, you've probably heard this game. Uh, we call it ADP Cliffhanger. Uh, basically, if you think about the prices right, uh, that little cliff little cliff climber or mountain climber that goes up the the mountain every time uh, the the contestant gets a wrong answer. That's what we're going to be doing tonight with ADP. Um, we're going to be looking at positional ADP in June Superflex from uh, the difference between their ADP in June of 2022 and June of 2023. And we're looking at positional only. So if it's a wide receiver, we're only talking about uh, where they've moved up or down in the uh, the wide receiver mm. ranks uh, and, and and same for same for all the other positions. And also, I should say. Since we did ADP followers as a segment, this one is going to be all risers. So all of these players have risen in the last year. Um, we're going to set the the cliff at, gosh, I'm going to set it at 50 because I'm really worried this game is just going to be really fast over. Actually, you know what? I'm going to set it at, I'm going to set it at 40. Uh, well, with one player so, playing, it's bound to be like a two-minute game. I'm going to be very so quick. So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to ask Ken the difference, but or both of both of our contestants here, the difference in ADP between one year ago and, and now for these players and the difference between the actual number and their guess is the number that will be added to their score. Once they go over 40, it's goodbye. Uh, and Ken, I'm going to let you do the sound effect of the little mountain climber falling off the cliff for us. Don't think that I don't know how it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, our first player. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan, we're going to, we're going to make you guess first. Yeah, I was going to. Okay. So we both, we both submit a guess. Um, you're both going to guess. I'm going to say he's falling, falling, um, 15 wide receiver positions. Is that right? Positional ADP, right? Yep. Okay. 15, 15 spots. Yep. So can I go higher or lower or do I have, you can pick whatever number number you want. You say a number that you think he has, has risen or fallen. But remember I said that every player in this group has mostly risen. So we've got the suspension in mind. I'm going to say, do you want to change your answer, Ryan? I'm going to say 10. Yeah. I want to change my answer. 
I, I, okay. okay, I forgot the risers only part. Now you've you've really thrown me off. You started with a good one for sure. Um, I'm going to challenge the game. I started with the trickiest one. So. That's fine. No, I'll, I'll stick with my answer. That's fine. You're going to stick with your answer? Sure. All right, the actual answer is zero. Yeah, okay. He was wide receiver 44 last June, and he's wide receiver 44 right now. Wow. So Ryan picks up 15 points. Ken picks up 10. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll uh, we'll we'll go we'll do something a little bit less tricky. Well, how about how about Brees Hall? What's the difference between his June twenty twenty two and his June twenty twenty three ADP positionally? Uh, we'll I go, go first to, we'll this let, time. Yeah, Ken, yeah, we'll let Ken go. Ken's first winning. He can go first. That's right. That's right. Okay, so he's like RB four or five now. Uh, I'm gonna say plus. I'm gonna say plus six. Plus. Six mm-hmm. says Ken. Ryan, uh, I'm going to say um, plus three. I think he was already pretty high. Ryan takes this round. He was oh. two two spots. Oh. Running back six in June of 2022. Running back four. Another one of those rare players that suffers a major injury and uh, increases their value. I think Dalvin Cook did that several years ago, which we all thought was weird, but makes a little more sense with, with Brees Hall, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about Ryan, what, what position do you want? Am I still losing? That That depends. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh you are still losing. Oh, let's go quarterback. You are still losing. Let's go to Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Oh. Where was he in what's the difference between Jordan Love in 2022 amongst quarterbacks and now? Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to say um 17 spots. 17 spots for Jordan Love. How about you, Ken? So if I'm playing this thing strategically, I go with 16 because, (laughs) but I'm actually not going to do that. Uh, I'd like to be invited back before like seven years pass again. (laughs) So I'm going to go with 11. My guess is he was probably somewhere around 35 and now somewhere in the high 20s now. So I'm going to go with 11. You're going to go with 11 for Jordan Love. The actual answer is 26 spots. He was quarterback 43 last June in Superflex (sighs) ADP, 17 this year. Ryan, you picked up nine, but Ken picked up 15. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, you are sitting at. Yeah, I guess Love was just much lower than I expected last year. Oh yeah, I would never have said quarterback forty three because I think we even had a discussion about it, and you guys were—I think you guys, you both, you and Dan were still buying at that at that valuation, which sure. I thought we were, we talked about sending a couple of seconds for at that point in Superflex leagues, and at quarterback forty three, I think you probably could have got him cheaper than that. Um, all right, Ryan is sitting at uh, twenty five, fifteen spots before he goes over the cliff. Ken is sitting at 29, 11 spots before we go over the cliff. Uh, Ken, pick me, pick a position for me. So we've already done quarterback, running back, receiver. So naturally we go tight end. Okay. And you're going to give me somebody end. like this might, this might be a, this like might that. be a knockout blow. We'll see. Oh, uh, we're going to go with Chigozi and Oconquo. Oh, Chigo Conquo? 2022. Ooh. Versus June 2023. 
Okay, so I'm going to say plus, oh boy, 21. That, that might actually even be low. I'm going to go plus 21, though. I'm gonna, I feel it. 21? Yep, 21. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I don't even know if he was being drafted this time last year. Um, I don't know how that works into the rules. I'm going to say plus, um, I'll, I'll go 10 spots, I'll, I'll, plus 31. Plus 31 for Ryan. Correct answer is 29. Wow. He was tight end 40 June 2022. Now he's tight end 11. Wow. Uh, so that's eight, eight spot difference for Ken, a two spot difference for Ryan. Ken is up to 37 out of 40. Three more spots. You got to nail this one, Ken. Got it. Uh, and Ryan sit at 27. You got some wiggle room there. Ooh. All right. Um, let's go to maybe one that I don't know if this will end the game, but I'm going to go <laughs> to one that is less likely to end the game. We're going to go to running back Khalil Herbert. Hmm. We'll, uh, we'll start with you this time, Ryan. Hmm. <laughs> I got it. Oh man. Uh, I'm going to say plus 10. I don't know. That, that feels like a cop out answer. Okay. And if I'm going to go meter hosen, uh, you can, uh, for sure. Answer. I'm going to go plus. Mm, I'm going to go plus 18. I think it's more. Plus 18. Unfortunately, Ken, uh, that takes you <sighs> over the cliff. Can you do that? Muse that sound oh. for me. You got that? <laughs> that was just, that was just me. That was actually, that was like, even my uh, phone. <laughs> Um, yeah, Khalil Herbert only, only moved up nine spots. You know, I thought he was going to be a much bigger, different, much bigger mover as well. But once they added Roshan Johnson, they signed Deonta Foreman, it kind of stopped his ascent, you know? Um, I kind of got lost. You were only one off. Oh, really? I I got lost in, was Khalil Herbert a rookie last year? That's, that's where I was stuck. Are (laughs) are we one or two years into his career? So I just threw out a number. Yeah, this will be year three, I believe. Okay. I I got lucky on Um, that one then. Oh, great effort, Ryan. I I will say that Matt said it wouldn't hurt for us to take out a a pen and paper. This was actually my notes. I don't know if you guys can see that or not. That's pretty (laughs) much all I wrote down. For those people listening, it's just basically a cliff with me going over, and that's pretty yeah. much all I wrote. So, yeah, it was that was good, but it, it was it was closer than I thought it would be. Some other players, actually, I'm not gonna I'm gonna save these for another game, so I'm not gonna tell you the other players. Uh, but a lot of them were were big movers uh, between a year. So, um, good game, you guys. All right, uh, we got one more segment here, and I don't think it necessarily falls under this this category of ours, but. It's kind of weird, so we're going to keep Dynasty weird. Keep Dynasty weird. Okay, so here's how we're going to do this. First, I'm going to address a question that you guys posed to me privately. I'm going to make it public. Ryan says, are you wearing a Mariner's shirt and a Twins hat? I'm not. I am wearing a Mariner's shirt. I am wearing a Monarch hat, a Monarch hat. So that's the high school where I coach. So it's oh, not okay. the Twins. So right. I, Yeah, and he says, how much are did you, you pay the Twins for that Are logo? you Snoop Dogg? So I didn't make it. I didn't make it. So yeah, so I am going to a Snoop Dogg concert with my wife tonight. <laughs> I'm sure that you guys probably look at me and think, yeah, he fits the profile. 
So yeah, kind of a, you know, middle-aged guy going to Snoop Dogg tonight, but it, it kind of, it's almost like, I, I really have the same fear that I typically do when I go out in public and that's being humanly trafficked because there's a market, <laughs> you know, there's a market for middle-aged 40 year old dudes out there oh my God. for sure. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mind my P's and Q's for sure. So, mm. but anyway, yeah. So Snoop Dogg. So I should is, be calling is you this guys. this what you're wearing Riz to the concert? At, without question. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, what would you wear, Riz Nyan? Uh, or Ms. Nat? <laughs> like, I don't know what you wear to a Snoop Dogg concert. Anyway. Okay, so here we go. So this is what I'm calling, I don't want them to be physically harmed in any way, but I still hate these players mock draft. So here's what we've done. We are going to put in a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, and a tight end into a pool. Okay, so each of us has to pick one from each position. And then we have to choose from there. You just can't choose your own guys. All right. So what we're going to try to do is choose the best value from this pool of players. So there are quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. Ryan, I'm going to have you guys, I'm going to have you actually go first. So basically choose the player from this pool that we have out there uh, who you think is going to be the best value uh, of the 16. So these are essentially all players that between the three of us, we all hate. So make a case for one of these guys. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this, Matt. You said the keeping dynasty weird uh, title maybe didn't fit. I think it, you know, it definitely fits with <laughs> Ken. Uh, normally we talk about some weird leagues with keeping dynasty weird. We're just going to do a weird segment with, with our weird host here. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, he was on Ken's list as a player that he was uh, down on. I mean, Gibbs is RB six right now in, in our ADP. I, I don't necessarily feel great about that, but knowing the way that rookies retain their value, even if they're, you know, even if they don't have the biggest year, if we just see flashes from these, from these rookies, they can uh, fairly easily retain their value. And obviously Gibbs is already pretty lofty as a, uh, a, a high end RB one, 36 overall in RB six, but um, looking at the other running back option, he's I'm, I'm playing keep away a little bit. He's certainly the only running back I would want. And the only one I could see potentially gaining value. Okay. So he was on my list. Uh, I'll, I'll give you this little fun fact. So Barry Sanders has 15,269 rushing yards. No other Detroit running back in history has more than 5,106. All right, so let's go down the list real quick here in Snoop Dogg fashion. Kiznevin Jiznones, Jizname Stiznewert, Kiznevin Smizneth, Dizandre Swiznift, Kiznarion Jiznonson, Amiznir Abdiznula, and Jazivid Biznest. So, I mean, that's that's the whole laundry list of, of different running backs that we've seen, you know, throughout the last 10, 15 years. I'm looking at that group and thinking historically this is just not a great place for running backs to go it's kind of like where running backs go to die now do i think that gibbs has an amazing amount of talent yeah but i also think that his value right now is just too baked in for me and he's just a guy who i'm i've been really avoiding in most of my drafts yeah that's 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I just, I, I just really like, uh, I really like Gibbs a lot. I think, I think you, Sigmund Bloom talks about this. I think you have to put Detroit Lions draft in context with what they did last year, drafting Jamison Williams. You know, Gibbs gives them the opportunity to stretch the field horizontally, where Jamison Williams gives you the ability to stretch it vertically. And you got, uh, you know, Laporte is going to rip the middle of the seam. I'll probably also stretch in the field uh, vertically. And then Amon Ra St. Brown easily in the middle of the field. So there's just so much. Uh, he just think he just adds so much to what they can do offensively. Um, but I get why you put him here. Our running back six is, is, is kind of high. Um, but I mean, I think based on the players around him, it's maybe a little bit warranted. Uh, Ken, you're on the um, you're on the clock here. Who, who do you hate? So, I, yeah. So, so when I'm looking doing. at this list, and just for the listeners out there, we're talking quarterbacks: Tua, Brock Purdy, Geno Smith, running backs: Gibbs, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, wide receivers: Ceedee Lamb, Kadarius Tony, Drake London, and then tight ends: uh, Fryer, Muth, Kincaid, and Kelsey. That's basically the pool of twelve that we have to choose from. When I look at that pool of twelve, and I think, okay, who is the player on here who could have a, a good chance to to kind of outplay where he's at. I honestly think it's Drake London. Uh, can things be worse with Desmond Ritter? Don't answer that. I, <laughs> I guess they could. But I, I just look at London and think, okay, he had a, a, a pretty decent rookie season when you consider Marcus Mariota throwing in the football uh, or not throwing in the football you think that, okay, if Bijan is what we think he's going to be, defenses are going to stack the box. Kyle Pitts is going to be healthy again. He's going to be you know, a stretcher. I, I just look at London and think we haven't seen the best from him yet. And when I look at the other players on this list, it really is a wasteland of players who I would be looking to get rid of uh, and certainly not draft. So, so I'll go with London at the 102. Yeah. Uh, London, I think is a good, is a good pick here. I think I'm going to take, I, again, I'm really not sure what I'm doing here in terms of assembling a team. I, I'm just going to try to put together the best team possible. So I like CD lamb. I think wide receiver three is, you know, high ish. I, I think for most of us is probably AJ Brown in that spot. I think you could argue some other players as well, but I think he's in the range. You know, I think he's in that tier. If you want to put AJ Brown in his own tier after, um jefferson and chase i get it but if you're not doing that i think lamb is in that next tier with another handful of guys so maybe not wide receiver three but wide receiver five sure you know so uh I, i'm 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 plenty fine with with cd lamb here at 103 uh and and i certainly don't want the last receiver that is on the board but can you say his name in snoop talk i won't S- even try says needy liznam be perfect <laughs> i'll take your word for it Ryan, you're up. Well, that was a terrible pick by Matt because uh, you you can't draft your own players in this in this draft. You can only draft from the other. So, uh, well, bad bad strategy by you, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I still not sure I understand this. So, okay, fine. <laughs> me either. Uh, I'm going to well, take. He, it he to- was mine. He was mine. He was mine. Lamb was Lamb was on my list. So so no, Matt Matt did not break the rules. No, he didn't break the rules, but. Uh, yeah, never mind. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid here. And we've talked, you know, he's come up on the show quite a bit over the past couple of weeks. I do think tight end six is way overvalued for him uh, at this current time. But could I see a, a scenario where this time next year he's tight end six or even higher? 
Absolutely. Um, we, we look at the top tight ends right now. Travis Kelsey is the tight end one. He is nearly 34 years old. Um, George Kittle, nearly 30. Dallas Goddard is tight end seven. He's 28. And then, and then you've got, you know, the young guy, the new guy here, Kincaid. I mean, we saw how much value Kyle Pitts had. I don't want to say just because he was young, but um, it was certainly yeah. his age and his upside that helped him shoot up to tight end one, uh, basically from the moment he was drafted. So just having age and upside on his side is, is going to help Kincaid value wise. Um, I, I, I do think he's going to disappoint if you take him six overall this year compared to some of the other options at the same time, I think he could retain that value. Well, speaking of age and upside, I'm up next at 105, and I honestly look at Brock Purdy and think that there there is some value here. QB 26, ADP 79 in Superflex Leagues. He's going to start. You know, I, I think that that Shanahan has just kind of accepted this fact that that Trey Lance is, is just not the guy that, that is going – not the guy who's going to give them the best chance to win. Purdy was really good last year, really good towards the end of the season. And I think it's his job to lose. Now, certainly he has to get, you know, he has to get healthier. He has to be able to replicate what he did last season. There are certainly questions about him. But I look at that, you know, near ADP 80 in a super flex, QB 26. Are there 25 quarterbacks I want more than Purdy? I'd be hard pressed to say there's 20, 25, 26 quarterbacks more. So I look at him and I think, okay, you, you have an offense with Christian McCaffrey. You can dump passes off. I think Debo is going to be better. Ayuk is starting to establish himself. Uh, this is a team that knows how to put together an offense. And I actually like him as, as a, a decent value there at, at QB 26. Yeah, I honestly, I put Purdy on the list. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I hate him, but I hate him because of what he's done to Trey Lance's ability to start <laughs> a football game. So uh, I love Trey Lance. I think he's just in a bad situation where he got hurt and, you know, clearly wasn't quite ready. His rookie season was coming off an injury after that. Uh, and then, you know, Purdy just played out of his mind. So like they're in, the team is in a position where they have to go the guy that they know is good. And I get that, but I still think Trey Lance has... I think he still has the ceiling if uh, he's ever able to 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 capitalize on that. Ryan went ahead and put some picks on the board. I know one of them you have to have. I don't think you just get. <laughs> I'll let you have. I'll let you have this next pick. That's fine. Uh, I will take. Uh, I'll take J.K. Dobbins here, um, running back thirteen, ADP fifty six. I I I think there is some upside with with with, with Dobbins. You know, we, we're finally healthy. Another year off of that that injury, we we thought he was going to light the world on fire last year, but then the injury came back and uh, it just didn't really work out. I think you're always going to have to compete with Lamar, but we know that uh, Todd Munkin's coming in. This offense is going to be vastly different. He's talked about incorporating the running backs into the receiving game. We know that Dobbins is a good receiver from college. We know that they probably want Lamar to run a little bit less. So there's some touch more, some touchdown equity in this new offense, I think as well for, for Dobbins. So I, I running back 13 is certainly high. Uh, absolutely. But um, I think he's going to have a good season. So I'll go Dobbins there. Is it back to me, Matt? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not cheating. You cannot draft your own players you in this. No, I didn't put two. I didn't put two on my team. That's like that's a kin pick. So, okay. He didn't cheat. He just he he just took players away from me that I couldn't take. 
So he just put him on the list because I couldn't take him because I could take players from Ryan or Matt. He just went again, around. again. This is keeping Dynasty weird. We are <laughs> we are certainly living up to that title. Uh, I couldn't draft Gino, by the way, Matt. That's why I had to ha- I had to have Tua here. So uh, I will take Tua Tungavaloa. This is the player that uh, Ken does not like. Quarterback thirteen. Honestly, I mean, we know the questions about Tua. They're all health related. Uh, because he did play so well uh, last year, the first year in that uh, Mike McDaniel offense. They have continued to, uh, I think, upgrade that offense, both on the offensive line and uh, with the weapons, namely uh, Devon A-Chain. So, I mean, if you could, you know, if you could look into the future and tell me that he'll have no further concussion issues, he would not be quarterback 13. I think he would be more in the uh, 8, 9, 10 range. And uh, would you know would this would make this current ADP look like a major value? Yeah, I I think I think I mean if Tua I mean the, the concern with Tua is the health and is he going to survive another season and if he but you know what I don't want to make bets against health so if if Tua survives the season and he will because we're not going to put that out there. Uh, I, I just don't. And also, of course, Tyreek evades suspension. I guess there's a lot of ifs, but yeah. he's in a situation that is unparalleled in the NFL with those top two receivers and with that off with that offensive mind and, and Mike McDaniel. So I think I think his price is almost a little bit of a hedge. And if he does survive a full season, you can see him coming up to the into the top 10 pretty easily. I think uh, Ken, you're back up. So what is the point of playing fantasy football i'll ask you guys what's the point of playing fantasy football and playing in dynasty leagues what's the point fun run my own team okay i want to win i mean i mean i want to win that's 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 my ammo do that it, it always is well, not anywhere but maybe in some places i i i don't know <laughs> I, I mean i i look at things and i think okay well the point is to create a team that you can win with and we spend hours and days and months and years trying to build teams. And for me, I, I get it. I mean, I know Travis Kelsey is old, you know, but the thing is when you have him right now, you have such a positional advantage over other teams in your league that he's good for one or two wins every year, just on his own. So is his production going to fall off a cliff here in the next two, three, four years? It certainly could, but I also look at him and think, okay, he is a plug and play guy. I don't need to have five tight ends on my roster. I need to have two. I just need to have a guy for a bye week. You know, Kelsey rarely misses time. And the number of points he puts up, it's it's pretty extraordinary. So I'm fine. And typically I'm not fine with players retiring off my roster. I mean, that's one of the biggest taboos you can have in a dynasty league. But with Kelsey, if he's on my team, I'm just going to accept it and I'm just going to be fine with it. And I'm just going to ride it out. So I think for me, um, I'm perfectly fine, you know, taking him in this exercise, um, you know, as we kind of get towards the end here. I was a little bit surprised to see him on the list, but I also get it. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey was the guy I put on the list and, and kind of your directions to us as, as as far as what we were doing here is players whose ADP indicates they won't be on any of your startup teams. And good point, you know, with an ADP uh, he is tied in one still ADP of 28 overall in a super flex league. I mean, there's just no way I'm spending a third round pick an early third round pick 
on Kelsey. And, you know, you hate to make a case against him because he's potentially the best tight end of all time. And, and I think he certainly is from a fantasy standpoint, from a consistency standpoint. I mean, he's been the tight end one in I think five of the past six years now, or four of the past five, it's, it, it's ridiculous at this point. Uh, so there's, there's no real case to make against him other than he's old, but because he's old, I won't be spending a pick on him. So that's, that's how he ended up on, on my list. Yeah, totally understand both, both uh, arguments there. Kelsey is tough to root against. Um, I, I have to pick the last quarterback and that's Gino and I'm perfectly fine with that. We, we talked about Gino a little bit last week. I, I just I just think he's vastly undervalued at quarterback 19, 46 overall in Superflex League, finished as a quarterback five last season. All that happened this offseason was they improved the entire offense. Uh, they gave him a $100 million contract. They added they, they, they maybe have the, the, the best receiver core in the league now from one to three over, when you're counting all three of those guys. Uh, so I, I just think he's, I just think he's undervalued. I know you guys disagree, but at quarterback 19, I think there's, I think it's, he's almost a lock to finish as a quarterback one, uh, for the next at least year. And if not two, three, four years. That's something I'm going to be reminding you about for the next, uh, two, three or four years. Okay. (laughs) I I live, I, I live in the state of Washington and I, I will just in the, just for time's sake, I'll just say. I don't think you're correct. Okay. We'll see. Uh, I have the next pick and I think I'm just going to pass and not have a wide receiver <laughs> on my team. <laughs> okay. I'll take Kadarius Tony. Uh, that was from Matt's uh, hate list. Tony is the wide receiver 42, 113 overall. Uh, I'm sure I share the same concerns Matt has about Kadarius Tony. Um, I mean, there, there's there's some bright side here. There's some silver lining. Still young, uh, potential wide receiver one in the best offense in football. So those are those are not things to ignore, certainly. Uh, but we know the injury history is pretty ugly here. Um, looking at some of the other players around him, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, his own teammate, Isaiah Pacheco, Darren Waller, AJ Dillon. Those are all players I would, I would take above him. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, even with what we talked about earlier, I would, I would take Hopkins there. So, you know, obviously not a glowing recommendation for Kadarius Tony, but that's why he's part of this, uh, part of this activity. He's just, he's got to start by running more than seven rounds a game. And you hope that changes with another year or with a full off season with the chiefs. But I just need to see some, some kind of volume from him before I'm willing to buy in. Uh, Ken, you got the last running back. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because this is a player who I want nothing to do with. I think very similar to you two as well, based on the draft. So Najee Harris, you know, you look at his season last year, 1,034 rushing yards, 3.8 yards per carry, a pretty pedestrian, you know, you look at his two years now, 34 games played, which is great. 2,234 yards, 14 touchdowns total, 115 catches, 696 uh, receiving yards, six more scores, you know, through the air. This has not been a dominant RB1 like we thought he would be. Uh, this really looks like a very average running back. And when you consider, and I think it's easy for people to say, oh, the Pittsburgh offensive line wasn't very good, or they stacked the box, a box against Najee. Jalen Warren was a lot better last year. And I'm not saying Jalen Warren is just a better player, but the fact that you get somebody who's 
a UDFA, plug him in, and he averages 1.1 yards per carry more than your starter, that's a problem. I think that's a big-time red flag. So I'm just not on the Najee Harris train. Uh, Certainly you guys aren't either. Uh, He's a player who you have right now in a dynasty league. You almost have to hold on to him because his value is just tanking so quickly. You have to hope that there's some type of a bounce back. But with Harris, the second he has three or four good games in a row, if he does, he's off. Like, I'm moving him quickly. Yeah, obviously can't disagree at all. Uh, The last player I get uh, is Pat Fryermuth here. Uh, He is at tight end 8, ADP of 111. And I'm fine. To to me, Fryermuth is he's just fine. I think people, most people are, maybe not most people, some people are much higher on him. Uh, than I am. I just, I think he's, he's going to be a fine mid to, you know, middle to back end tight end one for most of his career. And that's totally fine, but he's not a difference making tight end. He's, uh, it's going to be tough to see him uh, be a top two target on his offense, which is my personal rule for, for having tight ends on my, at least as my starting tight end. Uh, And I just don't see that happening with, with Johnson and uh, uh, Pickens there. And, you know, they added Darnell Washington, Washington as well, who we all liked and fell farther in the draft probably due to some injury concerns um but uh yeah he's he's just he's just fine so that's going to wrap up the episode uh for ryan you can follow him at ryan mc 23 you can follow ken at dlf underscore ken k you can follow the podcast at dlf podcast you can follow me at matt price ff you can follow dan at d myler 22 and we're hoping to get dan back uh but if he you know if he won the softball tournament he might have taking home the big bucks and we might never see him again, Ryan. So, uh, uh, it was a good, yeah. So, well, well, it was a good run. Uh, but you know, Brian and I will be back for sure next week and hopefully you guys will too. I'll be back if I'm not humanly trapped. Thank you for listening to the DLF dynasty podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.